wonderful songs that our brother led us in, prepared us to think about growing in Christ in this realm of patience. You know, one of the reasons we're talking about growing in Christ as a congregation this year is because the Scripture has so many warnings about the fact that we can become spiritually stagnant. Have you ever done that? Have you got to where your faith in the Lord, your zeal for His ways, your interest in Him seemed to be weak? It wasn't growing. Jesus said such would happen. He said that the faith of many would grow cold. He said the heart of some would grow dull. The Apostle Paul warned us of the possibility of growing weary. It's interesting that in all of those passages it talks about growing. It's just the wrong way. We can grow cold or dull or weary, but we can make the choice to grow in Christ, to grow in our Christ-likeness, and we're seeking to do that together. What does it mean to look like Christ? And One of the things we're doing is we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit revealed in Galatians chapter 5. For it is the Spirit of God who takes the character of God and causes it to grow in us so that we grow in love and we grow in peace and joy. And today we're going to put the focus on growing in patience. You know, there are few characteristics that are attributed to God more often than patience. God is described as being patient. He's good at it. And we're not so good at it. I think for most of us, we're a little bit like Margaret Thatcher who said, I am very patient as long as I get my way in the end. Or like the parent who said, parents are very patient as long as there are witnesses. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Patience is hard, isn't it? We're dealing with something that's difficult today. We like patience and admire it in the driver that's behind us, but we don't like it in the driver that's in front of us. We just don't like to be patient. It's a hard thing to do. I like William Farrell, who said that before you marry anybody, you should watch them use a computer that has a slow internet connection because then you see the real person. That's right. Patience is hard, but God has mastered it. It is hard, but it's powerful because God is the one who sows it in our lives through the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Let's begin by looking at the patience of God and just see how beautiful it is. Patience is a principal description of God in the Old Testament. You might think, hold on now, God in the Old Testament, He was always angry, right? No, go read it again. In fact, it is the difficulties that God deals with in the Old Testament that reveals His patience to us. For example, in one of the most important verses in the Old Testament, God reveals His patience. Moses had asked Him, God, show me Your glory. Show me what makes you glorious. Now, this is Moses who's already seen the ten plagues. This is Moses who's already seen God on Mount Sinai shake it and the smoke and the lightning. He's seen all of that. And he says to him, God, show me what makes you glorious. And the Bible says this is what happened. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, 
A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Hebrew, that word slow to anger is the idea of patience. And you might think, well, of course, God was probably having this discussion with Moses while he was sitting you know, in this beautiful green hill somewhere on a calm day, and God comes up to him and says, I just wanted you to know, I'm a patient God. But that's not when he said it. What makes this point powerful, this self-revelation of God powerful, is when he gave it. He had taken the children of Israel, which he had for centuries developed into a nation, delivered them out of Egyptian slavery, taken them to Mount Sinai and made a covenant with them and called them his people. And they turn right around and they take an animal and make it into gold and call it God. And they take his Ten Commandments and they step all over them and have sexual immorality and drunkenness and revelry. And God looks at all of that and he says to Moses, do you know what makes me glorious? I can see all of that. And I am the Lord. I am the Lord. The God who is merciful and gracious, who is slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's my glory. That's what makes God glorious, is that He is patient and good despite the sinfulness of people. We don't like to think of patience being glorious. Patience in our culture is not a glorious kind of virtue. Uh, For us, in our culture... The person who swings back and strikes first, that's the glorious one. That's the powerful one. We're a little bit like the Greek culture that Aristotle described. He described the great Greek virtue as this, if I can talk. Breathe, Jennings, breathe. Aristotle wrote, The great Greek virtue is to refuse to tolerate any insult or injury and a readiness to strike back at any hurt. Sounds like a Marvel comic, doesn't it? Our heroes are the people who don't walk away from a fight. Our heroes are the ones who retaliate and we clap. We seem to get a perverse joy when we come and meet with our friends and say, yeah, I talked to him, I spoke to her, and I put her in her place. And I told him exactly what I thought, and I took my pound of flesh, and I made him look like a fool. We even have that in our own religious culture. I remember when I first started preaching, sitting across the table from a bunch of preachers, having coffee and a piece of cake. They talked about some situation where they were in, and they made that other guy look like a fool. They, they buried him with their statements, with their arguments. They talked about how they belittled the other person, how they outwitted them. That's the kind of things we listen to, and we clap, and we say, oh, it's so beautiful. And then God comes along and says, you want to see what glory looks like? Glory looks like somebody who's been done wrong and treated bad, and they're patient. That's glorious. God, at the moment of his most personal offense, 
says that glory is seen in patience. But the patience of God demonstrated in the Old Testament was then the thing that allowed for forgiveness to take place. It is God's patience with us that allows us to have forgiveness. It is Jonah that learned this story. You remember Jonah where he's prophet of God sent to Nineveh and he was simply given the message, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's the message. And the text says that the people heard of Nineveh heard that message and they were grieved by the coming of judgment. And so they began to repent and pray out to God, lest perhaps God might relent, turn from His anger towards them, righteous anger towards them. And those 40 days of patience led to Nineveh's salvation. And they were forgiven. It is the patience of God that allows us to be forgiven. And Jonah realized why this happened. In Jonah chapter 4 and verse 2, he said, I know why you've done it, God. I know why you're not, you forgave them and not punishing them. He says, because you are a gracious God, great, you're a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Now, I want to remind you, how did Jonah feel about God's patience? The text says he was angry. He was angry that God wasn't angry with them. And that's just so illustrative of what we think about patience. We want God to be patient towards us. But we don't like it when God is patient towards the wicked. We don't like it when God says we have to be patient in difficult circumstances and with difficult people. We just don't like patience. We get angry about patience. And yet God was immensely patient with people. And it was the reason why we could be forgiven. Now I know that human history is punctuated with terrifying expressions of God's righteous indignation. But please remember that preceding them is always generations and centuries of God's patience towards people. Continuing to provide for them sending them prophets over and over again. Patience is God's glory, and patience is our only hope for forgiveness. God is a patient God. But while God was patient in the Old Testament, Jesus expressed that patience in the flesh when he came into this world. Jesus was patient, particularly with people. I just can't imagine God's patience. I think I've told you before about this fellow I came across one time. He was <clears throat> addicted to marijuana and a few other drugs. And as we were talking about why he was addicted to that, he told me the reason I'm addicted to these things is because I know that whatever room I walk into, I'm the smartest person in that room. And it's just hard for me to put up with them. And so I've got to medicate myself so I can put up with these people. Well, the arrogance of that anyway was just astounding. And yet, you think about what a holy and righteous, all-wise and powerful God coming in the flesh, living among sinful people like you and me must have thought. 
His patience with people was astounding. With sinners and leaders and followers. Jesus' disciples were often so slow to understand, but He didn't lose His patience with them. Jesus lived with, patiently with His disciples, regardless of their faults and their failings and their lack of understanding. And it resulted in their growth and their usefulness. Jesus was patient. But the patience of Jesus was most clearly seen when he endured the violence and the cruelty and the unjust injustice of the cross. The Bible says he never lost his temper. He trusted himself to God's timing. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says that he endured the cross. Jesus was a perfect example of somebody who dealt with difficult circumstances and was patient and dealt with difficult people, and he was patient. In fact, what I want to say to us is that as we now talk about our patience, our need for patience, I've started the way I have because I don't want you to think that patience is simply a psychological tool that we can use to deal with difficult things. It's not. The reason we need to be patient is because our God is a patient God. Our Lord Jesus was a patient Lord. And we are to reflect His glory. Patience is in us because it is a fruit of the Spirit. His patience is in us as the result. We are to reflect His patience as a result of being created in His image and saved by the blood of His Son. That's how important patience is. In fact, when you think about patience being in us and how important it is, you think about how the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit's not working in you without it. In fact, do you know that the first and last definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is patience? The first and last. Colossians chapter 3 says that if you are chosen by God, one of the characteristics is that you're patient. James says that we are to be patient until the coming of the Lord. Just can't overestimate how important patience is to being a child of God in this world. Okay, so what does it mean to be patient? In the New Testament, there are two words that are used to describe patience. The first word is a word that is used most often to describe patience with difficult circumstances. This is where Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, be patient in times of tribulation or be patient in distress or trouble. This is a patience that has the courage to be faithful even under the test and trials of life. Sin has entered this world as our brother talked about around the table. And because sin has entered this world, all kinds of sin, of suffering, and death has occurred. Life hurts. Life hurts because this world is temporary and it is corrupted. And we're going to encounter all kinds of difficult circumstances. And patience is the ability to stick with it and do what is right even when things go wrong. Patience is sometimes described as endurance or being steadfast, or being able to bear up under something. Let me give you an example. 
In the book of James, the believers there are struggling with very common things we struggle with. They've lost their job, and some of them are being drugged before the courts unjustly. And how are they supposed to deal with these troubles of life? Are they supposed to get mad? Are they supposed to despair? Are they supposed to go protest? What are they supposed to do? The apostle, the, James says to them twice in James chapter 5, be patient, be patient. And then he gives them an example. He says, don't you remember the steadfastness of Job? This is what it says. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how he was compassionate and merciful. Job was a guy that had some really difficult circumstances. He lost his family's fortune. He lost his family. He lost his health. He was in some really difficult circumstances. But what he didn't lose was his patience. He was steadfast in his faith and trust in God. And as a result, in the midst of the difficult circumstance, he could see the purpose of the Lord. That the Lord was actually causing Job to grow in his understanding of God and his usefulness towards his friends. And he was actually going to be blessed more than he ever had in the beginning. He was going to discover in the difficult times that God was compassionate and merciful. God sometimes uses the difficulties of life to strengthen and develop us if we are patient under times of difficulty. In the New Testament, let me give you an example from the book of Hebrews. These Christians in Hebrews were in a difficult circumstance, but for them, their circumstance was destroying their faithfulness. They had lost their jobs. Some of them had lost their homes. Some of them had been put into prison, and they were losing their faith. And so the writer of Hebrews writes them a book to remind them about how great Jesus is. Don't forget how great Jesus is. Don't let your difficult circumstances cause you to not see the greatness of Jesus in your life. And then he gets to chapter 10 and he says this to them. You have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Deal with your difficult circumstance with endurance. And then what he does is he takes Hebrews chapter 11. We sometimes call Hebrews 11 what? The hall of fame of faith. The chapter of faith. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, it is faith because it endures. He describes a number of people who had encountered, a number of faithful people who had encountered through the centuries difficulties in their life, but they had put their hope and their faith in God and they had remained obedient to them and they were going to succeed because they endured. Because he gets to the end of chapter 11 and he applies it. He says, whips around to us and he says, now you, don't you realize you're surrounded by such a great example of witnesses all around us. They were faithful. They endured in midst of difficult circumstances. Now you too, says he says, lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Isn't that life? Life's a race. Sometimes your foot hurts and the sun is hot and the road is inclined. But what do you do? You keep running. 
Why do you run? Because you endure. You have patience. You trust in God that having endured by faith and steadfastness that you're going to receive the reward at the end. And so can I ask you this morning, what difficult circumstance are you facing? I know mine. Do you know yours? Is it your health? Is it your finances? Is it your family? Is it your singleness? Is it your marriage? What's the difficult circumstance you're facing? And let me ask you, is that difficult circumstance causing your faith to grow cold and weary and dull? Or are you going to look that difficult circumstance in the eye and say, I will endure. I will be steadfast. I will trust in the Lord. I will be patient. That's the fruit of the Spirit working in you. In the Old Testament, the people would often say to one another, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And when that began to be a little difficult, they would cry out and say, oh Lord, how long? And we've been in both places. But when we face difficult circumstances, the fruit of the Spirit endures. It's steadfast. It's patient. The second word in the New Testament used to describe patience is every time I could find it, talking about being patient with people. You know, I I saw this lady the other day. She was rather short. She had this shirt on, and, and it said, you think I'm short. You ought to see my patience. Yeah, that that describes a lot of us. When it comes to people, it's hard to be patient. Now, with circumstances, we do that in the quietness of our own house and nobody knows it. It's just being patient with you. That's the hard thing. It's It's difficult to be patient with people through the Spirit. In fact, this is how Paul used it in Galatians 5. It's about being patient with people. This is one of those situations where the word itself gives us a picture. In the New Testament, the Greek word, don't be impressed here, because it's English, is macrothumia. Now, we know what macro is, right? Macro means big, large, vast. It's, it's in contrast to micro. Micro, tiny, macro, big. Now, look at the next word. Thumio, thumius, thumus, uh, thermos. Oh, I know that. Keeps things warm. Uh, thermometer. Thermal. It's the word we get temper from. What does that mean? It means hot. It means angry. And so in the New Testament, this word for patience means to have a vast amount of ability to have a vast amount of patience. To not become irritated, angry, or take revenge on somebody who's difficult. That's patience. Remember how we began this? What is God's patience? Slow to anger. That's us. We're to be slow to anger. Patience is the ability to put up with difficult people for a vast amount of time without irritation, anger, or retaliation. Patience is to have a long, long fuse. How long is your fuse? The Spirit of God gives you a long one. 
In Ephesians chapter 4, the Spirit instructs, instructs us to deal with each other this way. He says, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bear with one another in love. Well, what does this patience look like? What's this definition of patience? There's a great text here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Notice, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another's grievances as you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Do you notice that? The sign that we've been chosen by God is that we're patient. And our patience is to be a reflection of how God has been patient and forgiving and merciful towards us. And so maybe here's a rule of thumb for you. You are quite welcome to lose your patience with somebody who has offended you more than you've offended God. Now, if you think there's anybody out there that's ever done that, you need to go think again. <laughs> we are to be as patient towards others as God has been patient towards us. The problem with a lot of us when it comes to patience with difficult people is we're selective about it. I don't mind being patient with them, their family. I mean, what are you going to do otherwise? But that one, no, -uh. I'm going to be patient with that one. They're different. Notice what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12 about who we should be patient with. He says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everybody. Now, certainly, we're going to admonish people. We're going to encourage them. We're going to instruct people. We're going to help people. But all of that encouragement and admonishment and instruction is going to be wrapped up in an attitude of patience. And people need to be able to see that. Patience with everyone. It's challenging. Well, what is the goal? Why are we patient with people? Why are we patient with difficult people? It's because our goal is the same goal that God has when he's patient with us. Our goal when we're patient with people is to give God an opportunity to work in their life. When you come around and you say 40 days until Nineveh is destroyed, what you're saying is God's giving you patience right now. I hope he's going to work in your life to change it. We're patient with people to give them an opportunity to grow in their understanding and their application of God's Word. But ultimately, we need to realize that if we lack patience with people, God will have no patience with us. If we lack patience with people, difficult people, God will have no patience for us. Jesus told this story in Matthew chapter 18 about a servant that owed the master six million dollars. Six million bucks. And he came in and this is what he said to the master. Have patience with me. And the master forgave him the debt as a result of his patience towards the servant. He forgave him the debt. 
That servant went out, found another servant that owed him a hundred dollars and said, pay up, buddy. And the servant said the same exact words to his friend. Be patient with me. And he wasn't. He took his friend, he threw him into prison. And when the master heard what this impatient... You see, what that servant wanted is he wanted justice more than he wanted patience. What his master gave him was patience instead of justice. And when the master heard that that's the way his servant had acted, he brought him before him and he said, you wanted to be the judge and you didn't remember I'm the judge. And you took it out on your your servant and I'm taking back my patience from you. And had him thrown into prison. And then Jesus whips around to his audience and he says to them, so... Also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from their heart. So, will you think with me for a second? Who's the difficult person in your life? Well, that was easy. How did you come up with that so quick? Who's the difficult person in your life? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it the people you're dealing with at work? When you think about that irritating person in your life, let me ask you, are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit? When you deal with them, is there evidence of love and joy and peace and patience? Or are you holding grudges? Are you throwing word grenades? Are you disturbing the peace? Are you stealing the joy? One is the fruit of the Spirit, and the other is the works of the flesh. I know that this isn't popular to talk about. Patience isn't going to be anybody's, say, their favorite sermon. Now, there was one guy that I, I loved dearly. His favorite sermon was always patience. And he would say it this week. Are you going to preach on patience this week? I need it this week. Yeah. I need it now, is what his point was. But the goal of the Spirit is for us to grow in patience because life is full of difficult circumstances. We're all limited by things. We all have them. But patience is the faithful decision to endure and be steadfast and fruitful anyway. Life is full of difficult people. We all have them. We are all them. (laughs) And yet... Patience is the faithful decision to be slow to irritation and anger and retaliation so that God can work in their life to help them grow and to save them. Patience is hard, but it's a powerful, powerful concept. In fact, I would say to you that I wouldn't have a single friend in my life if it wasn't for patience. And I wouldn't have a relationship with my God if it wasn't for his patience. Okay, I need patience, don't I? You're going to have to click my last slide, brother. Give me a click. Okay, one more click. We all depend upon the grace, gracious compassion and patience of God for salvation. The people in Peter's day were saying, where is God? Why didn't he come back? My life hurts. 
the people stink. And he says, listen, the reason you've got the sun come up today, is it? I'm not sure we can tell out there. The reason the sun came up today is because God is patient. And he's given you this day and me this day, just like he did with Nineveh, for us to turn our hearts and our lives back to him and be faithful to him. His patience is our salvation. Can't we be willing to give that to others? And so I encourage us today to seek to grow this week in the fruit of patience. I've outed you. We've all talked about it this week. You all, I hope, have the same experience I had this week. My whole family knew what I was preaching on this week. I don't know how many times I heard at home, patience, got to be patient. (laughs) Now, you know it. Your friends know it. Your family knows it. This week, when it comes to that difficult circumstance, you want to flop down on the couch and say, whoa, it's me and do nothing. And that difficult person, you feel quite Justified in hating, avoiding, despising, belittling. You know the fruit of the Spirit is patience. God bless us to do it. If you need to respond to the gospel, we'll give you the opportunity to come as we stand and sing.